0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com mobilecom This is W E E I Late Night with K.J. Carson on WEEI. Is it really $30 million for Bill?
1: That's like stuck with me ever since you said that at the beginning of this interview. Holy crap. Well, if you Google, they had head coach salaries, and uh-huh. I don't know, and Bill's highly guarded, but he is by far the highest paid coach in professional sports. And I just remember my, and yeah. I they had him targeted at 20 or 25, and I remember people I spoke to said, yeah, and that's it's a lot more than that. Well, it's probably going to say 20 to coach and tend to be the GM, something of that. That would would actually make sense with the going rates, considering his success and Late night, W-E-E-I it's KJ, that's Tommy Curran on Gresham Fourier earlier today discussing that possibly Bill is getting more than the reported 20 million a year that he gets as the head coach and it makes a lot of sense because for those who were here last night, welcome back. We discussed when you're in charge of the crew, you make sure crew is taken care of, starting with you. And if that's the case, let's just look at the salary in itself at 20 million a year. The closest average annual salary on the team is short by 7 million. 7 million dollars. Now, before I get into the old-school player versus new-school player, Matthew Judon's at 13, 13 13-and-a-half. Johnnie Smith, 12-and-a-half. Hunter Henry, 12-and-a-half. Nelson Aguilar, 11. Davon Godshow, 10-and-a-half. Devin McCourty, 9. Those are your top six players paid by the Patriots. And the conversation consistently has been Why won't Bill spend? There used to be this Bugs Bunny cartoon uh, scene where when he's counting the money, he says, one for you, one for me. Two for you, one, two for me. Three for you, one, two, three for me. And yeah, like, I don't think being the GM just comes with the hometown discount. Hey, for 20, I'll do both. Uh, I'm sure there's more. And this is a very secretive salary type thing when you get to the GM level. So that's a number you wouldn't necessarily know. So I won't feed in conge- into conjecture, but I I would bet that it's more than $1. So it's not like Bill Belichick makes $20 million and $1. like So clearly it's a lot more. And it goes into this narrative of like, hey, wait a minute. If you're being taken care of, are you doing what's best for the team? If you're being taken care of? 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. It's KJ. Andrew, thank you so much for being here tonight. I appreciate you, man. And excuse me, I've been drinking water with like oversaturated vitamin C in it just to get this cold out. So that way I don't go uh, uh, Gotta the flush shell. it out. That's what it is. It's either this or stuff that's not legal in the in, in the North Americas South Americas <laughs> you grow it in fields in the North Americas they put you in fields and make you do hard time labor for it so mm. jeez we're well, about to talk about sweating it out yeah exactly it's like come on man let's go let's stay up all night no but look you have the old school player right the old school player is I've played football all my life I've been blessed to do it I make my family proud. I'm on TV. I'm on TV every week. And I'm part of an important team. Those are the guys you give $2 million a year, you'd be like, man, I am rich. Today's player? Uh Uh-uh. See, I have a cousin who's in accounting, and he looked at numbers overall of the scale of pay between the years 1990. 2010, 2020, and what the future looks like. And according to this graph, I'm looking at the trajectory and what I should be getting within the next four days is this. That's today's player. And so if you believe the report from uh, Albert Breer at Sports Illustrated on NBC Boston saying, hey, there's reports of a disconnect between some of the older people inside of the Patriots organization and the younger players that there's a a, a chasm, you know what could cause that chasm? He makes $20 million a year to do what? Go eight and nine? Not make the playoffs in now four years? Will not win a playoff game in four years? See, Belichick's salary is all based on, on what he's done. But yet the fan base will scream... If someone wants a lot of money because of what they've done, it's it's fascinating how it works. You want an example? Lamar Jackson. Oh, well, he hasn't. I mean, yeah, but he can't do anything. Would you pay that much for sometime long term? They gave they gave Belichick a 20 million a year for all those wins. And at least one dollar more to be the GM. At least a dollar more. It's like when you sell someone your car and you're not really you can't technically give it to them, so you have to show there's a sale for at least a dollar. Then they would have to pay the taxes based on the value of the car. But still, it's more than a dollar. Here's ESPN's Mike Greenberg's thought on what he saw with Belichick this season and how it's affected Mac Jones. I think Bill Belichick did his
0: worst coaching job this year in New England. Hear me out. I think that for him to overcome what he overcame in his coaching staff was somewhat remarkable and a testament to how good a coach he is. However, I think the biggest problems... The primary things he had to
1: overcome were self-inflicted. I think hiring Matt Patricia. Right there. Because we all know about the whole thing about Patricia and Judge. Self-inflicted. When you have a $20 million gun, you can't come with a $2 million gun and have something to say about it. This is what I was saying last night. Who says no when Bill makes a decision like Matt and Joe are going to run the offense together? I, look, I know I'm not going to earn any friends at Foxborough. I know that. I'm just asking an honest question that you or I would ask ourselves. With all this acumen, I even thought that even with the Brian Flores thing with the text. He was just like, hey, congratulations on the job. You are like, "You mean to tell me a guy that you pay $20 million a year or at least $20 million and $1 a year would not know the difference between Flores and Dable on a phone? Unless they're dropping, I'm just saying. Go all in for team. Did that happen? Naming Patricia and Judge as offensive coordinator? Or the brain trust? No, they weren't the offensive coordinator. The brain trusts of the offense? Manage expectations? You know what? Honestly, they've exceeded expectations because think about it. Those two guys somehow willed it up, and it's a together thing, even though the defense pretty much did everything. Those dudes willed it up. Eight wins. So they exceeded expectations. I'll give them that. Did they do their job? We saw incompetence on the highest of displays. And I'm getting, I don't know, what I'm talking about just from, from media talking heads. I'm talking about seeing two dudes standing over one sheet, can't get one play call in at one time. And so I talked about, and I will continue to talk about as this story, because it seems like it just seems to continue to grow and grow and grow and grow, is when you have crew, you don't really bring new people into the crew, so you can have all these fancy ideas about this hotshot coordinator that you heard about over here. It's more likely to be a guy at a at a high school in Stoughton who happened to have dinner with Bill five years ago. It 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 may be more likely to be him because he's part of crew. And to let someone new in the crew, <sighs> crazy. It just doesn't happen. When I again just again, Belichick makes at least $7 million more annually than any of his players in a league where, okay, yeah, the guaranteed money and all these other things get factored in. But an NFL player will tell you, hey, just because I got that big salary doesn't mean I get all of it. 779 nine seven ninety three seven text line three three seven KJ late night W E E I. Let's go to Thomas in Boston. Thanks so much for calling late night. You're on the air, brother. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, Belichick is the most overrated coach in the history of football. He doesn't do this is grand theft. Twenty million dollars a year is grand theft. The only way that he can accommodate it is to give three quarters of his salary to Tom Brady, who probably dragged him in the Hall of Fame. Because there's no way he'd make it in the Hall of Fame if Tom Brady wasn't his quarterback. If he was stuck with Blue Crew Bledsoe, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous. He, he should never. He should so overpay, It's incredible. Yeah, Thomas, like I said, this is grand theft. Yeah, Tom. Thanks for the Thomas. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, with the narrative with Brady and Belichick, you know, someone did have to create Frankenstein, right? So. Th- Bill did choose Tom and went with Tom. Tom just made Bill look very good all this time. Just that right now, Tom is making things look bad. As Tom collects $15 fifteen million a year and will be playing Monday night in the playoffs again <laughs> with the team that had this with, with the same record. I think that that's what's. How much of a slap in the face is that a bit? Now you're like, oh, Brady had his word, but you know what? With Brady's eight nine is good enough to have him playing against the Cowboys and favored by three <laughs> with his $15 million salary this year. I mean, now the, the other part of it, if, if from a business perspective, hey, yo, know, the Patriots only gave Mac Jones like, I think he's only getting like nine million a year. So they're saving a lot of money, right? I mean, isn't that the idea? No, it's not the idea. It's how do you turn this around faster than you could say playoffs? And in the past, I've said this the whole thing, and that this is why I think the Mac Jones situation becomes even more fascinating as time moves forward. Let's say Mac had progression this year. Let's say the team finished nine and eight, got into the playoffs again, because if they went nine and eight, they would have been in, they would have had all the tiebreakers. So now you have a second-year quarterback, two straight years, he's going to the playoffs. So now, in his negotiations coming down the line, you know he would probably be worth about $40 million because Herbert would have already gotten his money, Joe Burrow would have already gotten his money, and Derek Carr was getting forty mil. So clearly you can make the argument that I have more value than Derek Carr just in the simple fact that I've gone to playoffs back-to-back seasons, in this situation in New England. This is why I've hinted at why Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones may compete for the quarterback position at the start of next year because max success means money. And I don't know if Belichick wants to stick around that long to have to pay a quarterback market below market value at $45 million, $40 million. Here's Ty Law on his thoughts. This is Ty Law earlier today here on WEEL on his thoughts about what's going on with the culture and what could Belichick bring someone in different? Now we we know Bill runs uh, his organization like the mafia. And we've been uh, talking right. about Bill going and Pause. It, pause it for a second. I gotta give Wiggy a lot of credit for listening this late at night. I'm impressed, brother, because as as a person who's on mornings before, thank you so much for regurgitating what you hear at this night at, at, at this time of night. Okay, continue.
0: Going and potentially getting, let's take Billy O'Brien out of it, going out and getting a guy like Cl- Cliff
1: Kingsbury. Can you see Bill going outside and getting a guy, or is it somebody, we've always seen Bill, that has to prove they're trustworthy, who has come up in his system?
2: I mean, at this point in his career, to, to, to get a win and take a load off of himself, I, I can see that, but what head coach uh, that's going to come and say I'm going to be an officer coordinator under Bill Belichick and his ways and how he goes about things? You know, from, from what I hear from other places, Wiggy, mm-hmm. it's a country club. Bill, are you coming? You coming to? Uh, you ain't going to play golf right after practice in, in, in New England? Right. And I ain't talking about because of the weather. Because Bill Belichick got something else for your ass to do. <laughs> so I don't know who was going to. I don't know. Who, who else is going to come and, uh, you know, do that? But I think that he has to find somebody, maybe some young stud out there or somebody that, you know, may not get another head coaching uh, opportunity. This probably be the best way to get one, but you're going to have to deal with some stuff and deal with the way that Coach Belichick does things because he usually does get – he usually gets people that are up under him and that he, he's ruined them. So he they know how to work. They know – everything about how he does. So it's going to be a culture shock to anybody else who comes, but I think there's definitely something that they need. And at this point in this career 24th season, he might, you know what? Let's do something different. You know, he ain't getting no younger either. Oh,
1: no, you don't change stripes midway in life like that. No. Like who has a better chance of being part of this organization to help out with offense? If there's some high school coach that's had dinner with Belichick three or four times like in Fall River that person has a better chance of being coming on this staff. <laughs> because if it, it's all about culture. I say this about Houston, the Houston Texans where they have a bad culture and they don't win. But there's a culture right here. There are guys who, who are down in Houston now with the Texans that used to be here in New England. It's a culture. Sometimes your talent isn't more important than your relationship. You see it all the time. That, why do you think there are two Belichicks on the staff? The relationship. Not because they were setting things on fire with other teams and then dad decided to finally bring him in. There's a relationship. And if that relationship is so wound and so tight and so rigorous, that's why when you have G.I. Joe Judge with that chin all hard like Sergeant Slaughter, some of the players are like, bro, chill. Chill. What if that's part of the culture or an area of the culture? You feel like, what? what is this? Players have been known to be disposable here in New England. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're an all-pro guy. You will be gone. And so I don't know how anyone thinks that, oh, Matt Patricia's just gone. It's Tuesday. Any news on Patricia? I didn't think so. I told you so. Patricia's not going anywhere. All this time, between now and the next practice, studying. Because he knows that, okay, hey, why am I, Bill Belichick, going to suddenly change the offense again when I told you I'm in charge of all the stuff that's going on? 617-779-7937, text line 37937. KJ, late night, W E E I Coming up, Mac Jones's grade book, plus oh playoff trio playoff tree but right now it's time to trend with andrew Mean.
2: call from mom answer it
0: call silenced
1: instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game
2: you have 47 new voicemails Morning, Bill. Um, A couple times this year, Matt said that the season just wasn't the smoothest sail. Um, I'm just wondering, what did you learn about him over the course of this year? Well, I think every year, like every year, you learn everything. Uh, You learn the players, the team, um, how certain teams handle and react to certain things, and um, what. What things are easy for some teams, and what things are hard for some teams, and and sometimes that uh, you know includes players, and you know certainly signal callers and operation and so forth. So again, we'll we'll look at everything and and uh, continue to try to find uh, the best ways to to operate. I think a lot of things. Um, were streamlined and became more efficient during the season, but there's still a lot of room for improvement. And so we'll continue to look at those and address them.
1: Bill's got it made, got it made, got it made. $20 million teacher. It's WEI, Late Night KJ. Thanks so much for hanging out. 617 779 text line three Three minutes away from Mac Jones's final grade book that I started probably after eight games then picked it up at 12, then finished it off. And like a good hot teacher, stay after school. I have some more stuff to tell you. Maybe I've been watching too many movies when I state, when I say that stuff, though, I did have one teacher in high school. Oh my gosh. There was a reason why guys would always try and bring her flowers. They heard stories. They heard stories, but that's Belichick talking about max performance this past year. and pretty much saying, yeah, Come see, come size. the French would say. So-so. And what I started the show with was that, hey, maybe the disconnect that some of the younger players have with some of these elder statesmen is that clearly they see there's a big money difference, right? Even though, you know, Mac Jones has got to go through kind of the ringer to get to where he's going to get to with his money, and even some of the veteran players that are there are not making as much money as Belichick is. You know, I think Mike Tomlin at like $12.5 million I think that's why he always will have people play for him. You know, like I do, make more money than the coach. But he could, he could, he could easily end that right away. <laughs> Maybe I should respect the guy who makes a little bit less than me. But yeah, it's it's a very fascinating dynamic that's developing between the quarterback and the staff. And I don't see Belichick sacrificing Matt Patricia for the happiness of Mac Jones. And the reason for that is because when Bailey Zappi got in there, he just did what he was told and seemed to make it work. Now, am I the first one here and say Bailey Zappi should be the quarterback? I won't know that until like a fair straight-up competition in camp. And I know there's going to be a sector that's going to say, well, yeah, Bailey Zappi threw 10 for 10 balls, but Mack threw 7 for 10 and there was a cloud that came over. Like, you have to stop putting the explainers in there for Mac Jones because that's not going to help his mental growth. Because for the younger guys, the fan base does mean a lot more. There are a lot more talking heads. I just try to be one of those sensible ones that isn't going to beat you just one-sided on the fence. I can tell you when Mac has been good, I've never said he sucks. I have used the word mediocre a lot. Average, middle of the road, so-so. Come see, come saw. And so you almost wonder, what does Mac think went wrong? Here's Mac's thoughts on why things didn't improve this year.
2: Yeah, I think you want to win every game that you play in. And you want to win the tough ones and all that. And we, we didn't get a chance to do that. And as a quarterback, I just put the blame on me because it's my offense. It's my group of guys. And we have to put a better product out there. It starts with me. So, yeah. Um, Tough uphill battle, but learned a lot. Learned more than anything I ever could imagine in a football season. And, um, just want to be able to build on it. And you know, today's disappointing. It just all goes back to today. We win and we move on, and we lose and we go home. So, gotta look at that for the next couple months and kind of work from work from there. It's just tough to even look to the future right now. Just tough, tough day for us.
1: Yeah, I wonder how it's his responsibility to put a better product out there when he's not the general manager. I'm trying to figure out how that works. But I think that's part of the conditioning that you do have going on. You're playing for the storied franchise. Players know that you're not going to be playing for a loser. They'll always let you know. You go to New England, you're going to compete for something. Playoff position, not, not so much Super Bowl as much in the last couple of years. But let's just call it what it is. The greatest recruiting tool that the Patriots had for years was Tom Brady, even on the defensive end. Because no defensive guy wants to come to a team where the offense can't move the ball. And that's kind of where we are with the Patriots now. And it makes you wonder, hey, with all the Superman capes that the defense wore this year, and not only won games for the Patriots, but also kept them from getting blown out and a few others. Will you be able to get that same energy next season? And if you don't, then who's the offensive guru that's going to help pick things up so that way the defense can know that this offense can go out here and score 27 points at any given Sunday or Monday or Thursday or Saturday later in the season. So for those who've listened late night, and I thank you for telling your friends and stuffed animals to listen, I appreciate. I created a Mac Jones grade book. And nothing has changed from the early grades because the whole premise of the Mac Jones grade book was at some point, you, you as the fan base had to realize that Mac Jones wasn't going to have a B season. Maybe not even a C season because of the way things were going. That all, he could have a great last four or five games and it still wouldn't be enough to improve or move his grades up dramatically. Like after eight games, I was like, I don't think that Mac Jones would be able to be a big quarterback this season. So looking back in the Miami game, the very first one of the season, a loss. He went 21 of 30, 213 yards, a touchdown, an interception, two sacks, a fumble. I gave him the grade of a D, a 67. In the Pittsburgh game, the win, 21 for 35, 252 yards, a touchdown, an interception, wasn't sacked. I gave him a C plus, a 78. Okay, so that shows you how fair I am. I wasn't like, oh, it's only C. No, I gave him a C C+. Then the Baltimore game, which was a loss, 22 for 32, 321 yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions, three sacks, and one rushing t- uh, touchdown. I gave him an F, a 60 for that game because it was like, you know, we're not wearing the white jerseys today. Stop throwing to them. Then the Chicago game, that was another loss. He was three for six, got pulled, threw for 13 yards. No touchdowns, one interception. I gave him an F for that game as well. A 60. There are no incompletes. If they pull you, you get credited for what you did. Then the Jets game. A win. 24 for 35, 194 yards, one touchdown, one interception. sack six times, fumbled, but it was recovered. I gave him a C-minus, a 71. Andrew, these are fair so far, would you not say?
2: The only one I disagree
1: with is Chicago. Most, But most of them are fair. Okay, what is it about Chicago that he, well, that wasn't an F? No, I don't think he should have played at all. I think oh. Belichick hung him out to dry. Oh, well then, I'll put it this way. He should thank me for the 60 points and not the zero that management might have had in store for him. But again, there were a lot of things going on at that time. Remember, that's the game where Bailey Zappi's name is being called for him to come in the game. Zappi does come in. There are a lot of things mentally going on. And plus, by him coming back, being put in that game, I, I'm with you. I thought he should have come back for the Jets game first. But I think there was some type of feeling that was going on in terms of how Bailey Zappi was performing, especially in that Cleveland game and in the the Lions game. Which is funny now because the argument at the time was like, "Oh, it's the Browns and the Lions." Uh guess what their record was this year? Well, the, the Lions, Lions flip-flopped. The, the Browns ended up being worse. Right the the Browns the the Browns lose that the Browns lost that last game, so they were one game worse than the Patriots, and the Lions were one game better than the Patriots. Interesting. The Indy game, that was a win 20 for 30, 147 yards. One touchdown, no interceptions, four sacks. Grade C minus. I gave him a 71 in that one as well. Jets game number two 23 for 27. The the knickknack game. You remember that? Like, oh my gosh, if they can't throw the ball at least to the (laughs) 246 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Six sacks, grade C-minus, 71. That's the game where no offense was happening at all. Minnesota, the Thursday night Thanksgiving game, a loss, 28 for 39. 328 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, three sacks, a fumble that was recovered. I gave him a B and an 85. At that point, that was Mac Jones' best game of the season for sure. So at that point... Mac Jones had acquired an average of 70.375, which was a C- after those games. So in the final six game, okay, over these next six games, so let's go to the Buffalo game at home. That was a loss, 22 of 36, 195 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, one sack, a fumble that was recovered, a C- I gave him a 71. Arizona, a win, 24 of 35, 235 yards, no touchdowns, one interception, I won't even count that interception, really, because that was at the half. One sack, one fumble that was recovered. I gave him a C, a grade of 73. The Raiders game, a loss, 13 of 30, 112 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, no sacks. I gave him a D+, plus, a grade of 67. Bengals, loss, 21 of 33, 240, Two touchdowns, no interceptions, no sacks. Grade C, a grade of 73. Okay, so after 12 games, Mac Jones, his average went from 70.375 up to 70.583, a C-. minus. So in the last two games, in the Miami game, 20 of 33, 204 yards, two touchdowns, no interception. He was sacked three times. I gave him a B and a grade of 85. And then in the loss against Buffalo, 26 of 40, 243, three touchdowns, three interceptions, one sack, I gave him a B of 83. So Mac's best games were the last two and the Vikings game. After 14 games that he played, he finished with a final grade average of 72.5, which is a C, average. So for me, Mac Jones went from below average, was really in that below average area, and while I was saying average the whole time, was knowing that he's got to, it's got to click at some point, and when it does, it'll get him up to average because what was going on was below average. All the other things you talk about, the offensive liner. look, the offensive line cleaned itself up over the last six weeks. Last week, a lot of emotions. You were trying, you're throwing the ball a lot. You're trying to play catch-up. These things are going to happen in terms of the interceptions as well. So Mac averaged a score of 80 over the last three games. So he had a B-minus grade over the last three games. So you saw the improvement. Now here are the pros that I saw of Mac this year. Mac seemed to start to calm down mentally over these last three games. The offensive line provided better protection the second half of the season. Mac is getting better at throwing the ball away when sack or danger is eminent. He's gotten better about that. The cons. He still has a tendency to overthrow his receivers with uncatchable balls towards the sidelines. Possibly a flinch reaction to early season hits because of the poor offensive line. This is why I say the most important thing Bill Belichick can do for Matt uh, for for Mac Jones is in a is in a wide receiver one. It's an offensive line. Go get the best money that offensive line could get, and maybe eliminate some of those yips for Mac Jones. If this is the style quarterback you want to go with in the NFL, you can, but you're going to have to get a line for that. Mac's processing is still a slight is still slightly slow. In college, you can look a guy open in the pros. You have to throw to the spot and believe that the receiver will do their job. Now that's where I understand where a lot of people are like, hey, need a number one receiver. But again, one feeds the other. If that offensive line is not there to protect, then there's not going to be that belief that you're going to be able to get the ball there effectively for that type of receiver who you believe is going to be there to do the job. So overall, though through no through no fault of Mac Jones, he may be a quarterback in the style of the past and not of the future. Um, despite many people who dislike a mobile quarterback, the league is at a point where the successful ones can make improv, in, in, improvisational plays when needed. Now, you can't turn Mac into Mahomes and the league now dictates did that you do something that your opponents have to game plan and be aware of Mac, who's very predictable. Meaning, like, hey, you always have to keep in mind that Mahomes, despite what he could do with his arm, could take off for 15 yards and a key first down at a key portion of the game. That's not part of the game planning when it comes to Mac Jones for opponents. Mac is very similar to Trent Green. Upright, stationary. Trent Green's best years in Kansas City? All-pro offensive line. In fact, that's still kind of the secret sauce of what the, why the Kansas City Chiefs are really successful. You can lose a Tyreek Hill. You cannot really have your running game from uh, Edwards Hilaire, and a new guy can come in there because you have a strong offensive line. Trent Green's best years in Kansas City 22 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, about 250 yards a game. Mac is averaging 18 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 220 per game. So Mac should just be confident in the throws, have no expectations of failure. Don't doubt yourself when delivering the deep ball. Step into the throw to the receiver and not on what the O-line isn't doing. So Bill, all this money. I mean, think about it. You can spend the most money on the least expensive part of the of the game, the the offensive line. If you want to make this thing work, and if there's a way you want to show Mac Jones that you believe he's the quarterback of the future and you have to spend again, because you're going to have to spend again, because a couple of years ago, that was kind of like half-hearted spending. Nelson Aguilar is like, pshh. Everyone it was a fleecing of America, the fleecing of the Patriots. That was not your money's worth right there. Instead of going to go chase down receivers and Hopkins may sound sexy and all these other guys and names, Here's why I'm with you, Bill. Ignore all those names. Go get the linemen. Go get them. Because then your running game will be even more efficient. Your passing game will now have even better protection. And the play action, and the play action it will be beautiful. That's if you want it. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. KJ Late Night WEI. Next, uh, we look at the playoff tree around the NFL and who are some players that might be really on the hot seat? That's next on WEEI. Thanks for hanging out. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medella is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Port, Chicago, Illinois.
0: Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is guy. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month.
1: Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez.
0: Subscribe to AtBat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Wei.
2: This is WEEI Late Night. Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app.
1: Which player, Boomer, has the most pressure on him this postseason? Well, you know, I'm going to say Dak Prescott. It just feels like, you know, the way they lost yesterday to Washington, it's the Cowboys. There's always questions surrounding that team. Uh, they've got bombastic owner, a coach that's sitting there wondering whether or not he's going to be replaced by Sean Payton. So I think I think it's the Cowboys. I think it's Dak Prescott. And if, if they are a one-and-done team, which they could be because they have to play at Tampa Bay in round one, It's going to be really interesting to see how Jerry Jones reacts. Late night, W-E-E-I. It's KJ. That's Boomer Esiason on the Greg Hill Show saying that the Cowboys are the ones under the most pressure just to win Monday night in the playoffs. We'll do playoff tree here in about a minute. But, yeah, there's some fascinating storylines in this playoffs. And I think one of them actually, well, the biggest one is the Cowboys. Because I think if the Cowboys, and, and look, I am not a Cowboys fan do not get me confused with what I'm about to say as fandom. That if the Cowboys can beat the Bucs on the road, and I think they can, where their defense can step up. If the Cowboys can get hold of the Eagles and Jalen Hurts now having to play his first playoff game in cold weather last year, he got to play down in Tampa. This year it would be at home, playing in cold weather, coming off of an injury. If they slip, and, and sometimes it's very hard when you play a team, a division rival, a third time in a season. Especially if you're supposed to be the team with the upper hand. It can be tough. And if the Cowboys beat the 49, I mean, if the Cowboys beat the Eagles, then you're potentially looking at the Cowboys versus the 49ers with a third-string quarterback. I mean, the Purdy thing may be great, but the more time you have to prepare for just that one guy, because you're looking at all the teams now, but that one guy and you see what he does, you would say, hey, he can have all the great games he wants in the world until this one is a bad one. And the next thing you know, the Cowboys are in the Super Bowl. I don't think they'll win, but yeah, that's how thin of margins it is. The other side lose to lose to the Bucks. I think that P- Tr- Prescott's name gets floated around as potential trade bait. He's got a favor. He's got. He doesn't have the worst deal in the world, especially when new numbers start coming out. McCarthy's gone. I thought if they had a so-so season, he'd be gone at Thanksgiving. McCarthy would be gone. Of course, the talk of Sean Payton, as you heard Boomer mention. Sean Payton's just been waiting in the wings. I think Sean Payton would want to go ahead and get his guy. If Dak Prescott is out of there and Tom Brady decides to go, Tom Brady might be rental quarterback in Dallas for a year. Not, not Vegas. Jerry Jones will pay him everything he wants. Tom, I'll give you, I'll give you seventy million to be the quarterback here, at the Dallas Cowboys. It's all very interesting. So let's get to the playoff tree. Hit it, Andrew. And that's why we took the damn field. Yeah. Now- if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. And have some fun. Playoffs? Uh, playoffs? Can't
2: wait. And we let them off the hook. Can't wait. Playoffs? Son, I got to do that in this. You kidding me? Playoffs?
1: It's the best time of the year. NFL playoffs leading into the Super Bowl. Let me do this friendly PSA reminder. Guys, as you're having your parties and you're hanging out and everything, each week put away something for your woman because once all this football thing is done, the very next week is Valentine's Day. A lot of us tend to forget that and the first thing they'll say is, "You had money for all those chips and dips and brew and people in our home and 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 now you're scurrying for my love." So, this is where you save a little because once the season is over, she's going to be looking right at you like there's no more football on. So Saturday it starts 4 30. Seahawks, the seventh seed against the 49ers, the two seed. Now, even though they're division rivals, it feels like the Seahawks are playing by the skins of their teeth. Even in that game against uh the uh when they just the game that they just won here against oh gosh, I forgot who they played already. Man, it, it, because it doesn't matter. The 49ers will win. I, I think their defense is just gonna be super dominant. They will over... Uh, Geno Smith will make mistakes and make them consistently. And look, Seattle's been a feel-good story, but as the 49ers got better, the Seahawks got worse. The 49ers by a million. All right, the 8 p.m. game, 8-15. The five versus four seed in the AFC. The Chargers at the Jaguars. Look, the Jaguars look good but it seemed like they looked good against teams that were starting to look bad. You saw what happened with Tennessee. Like, all the coaching staff is gone except for Vrabel. Vrabel's cleaned house, and it's just like, you know what, we're going to do a reset here. But I think the Chargers, you know, played it kind of risky last week, and Mike Williams got hurt his back a bit, but he'll be back for this week's game. I think the ability to showcase Justin Herbert's talent in the playoffs Saturday night in prime time on the road, I think adds to his stock. I think the Chargers believe if they can get if they can get in front of the Chiefs next week they could be a team that could potentially give the Chiefs problems so I like the Chargers um, to win probably about 6 over the Jaguars Saturday 8-15 from Jacksonville then Sunday 1pm Dolphins return to the Bills tomorrow's a really big day because you're waiting for the news if Tua will get out of the concussion protocol if he doesn't, the Bills by ten million. Look, this is a game that early in the season that the Dolphins seem like they had the Bills' number, but now as the season's going on, it has to be Tua in there. Even Raheem Mostert has suffered a hand injury, and you don't know the extent of that. So the Bills they just seem to be on this emotional roller coaster high. Plus, they know if they get all the way to the AFC Championship game, it's a game that won't be in Kansas City. It may potentially, it may also be indoors. So, I like the Bills to win by a ton. Sunday, 4.30, Giants at the Vikings. They just played this game a couple of weeks ago. went to overtime. The Vikings won. You know, I I don't know if the Giants have enough offensive firepower in the air to keep up with the numbers with the Vikings, but Kirk Cousin, well, good thing he's not playing this game on Saturday night because if he was, it'd be a problem, so... Kirk Cousins probably saved that he's in the 4.30 game and not in one of the 8 p.m. games. So I like the Vikings to win at home against the Giants. Giants just don't have enough offensive firepower to keep up. All right, on Sunday night, 8.15, Ravens return to the Bengals. It's a replay. I find a very interesting angle going on here. Yes, Lamar Jackson has not practiced since the beginning of December. Yes, Lamar Jackson has missed the last several games. And yes, Lamar Jackson doesn't have a contract. (laughs) So it's, look, I, I can't say that I know this for sure, but just play conspiracy theorist for me. If you don't get it done in the beginning and you play this whole season without a new contract, hey, it might still hurt for the playoffs. Stay tuned. You don't know if Lamar Jackson is going to play and the story could get even thicker If he doesn't, going into the offseason and the Ravens lose, which I think they will to the Bengals. The Bengals, I think, are the most dangerous team in the AFC. And then Monday, January 16th, 8-15, the game that I just talked about, Cowboys at Bucks. Bucks are going to be pretty well-rested, and it's really almost kind of like with Tom Brady. It, It doesn't feel like his last game just yet. And if there's one more thing that Tom Brady potentially could do, is literally wrecked the Cowboys franchise and what they want to do with a win Monday night. So I think the Cowboys win, but if that game is within four points and there's two and a half minutes left and the Bucks are driving, watch out. It might be the same as it ever was. And that's the playoff tree here on Weei. It continues to grow as the playoffs continue. I'll give you my predictions here as we get closer, but if you need them right now, I believe that the Super Bowl will actually be the Cowboys and the Bengals. How we get there, hang out. Playoff tree again next week here on WEEI. The second hour of late night, including the big news with the Red Sox today that's not good news. Next. Thanks for hanging out.